You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Thank you, brother. God bless you. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Come on. Can we give God some praise? I don't know about you, but there, I just feel a spirit of expectation in the house. Amen. And, and uh, there's a, there is a good crowd. Uh, you know, uh, there, as the old saying goes, sometimes uh, when the cat is away, the mice will play. Um, in this case, all the mice are here, not playing. Amen. And so we just thank God because uh, what, this, what this really says is, is that uh, people that are here today are invested in this church and in this time. Amen. And, and what a good, glorious time this is today. It's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? So here's my promise to you. I won't preach long. Amen. Y'all to shout just on that. Amen. <laughs> I promise I will not preach long. Um, first of all, I just want to give uh, honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Church without God, none of us would be anything. We would be nothing but dry bones. Amen. Um, I want to give honor to our pastors. Can we just give God some praise for them? Amen. I, you know, I, I found it kind of amusing that nobody sat on, on this row, you know, and so, but really, you know, that says that there's a, there's a, a great deal of respect and reverence for our pastors. And so, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to sit on this side for whatever. Amen. But, uh, but we, we thank God for them. They are great encouragers. I, I know that the Harvesters Conference had been going on. I, I, uh, I caught uh, Pastor Kelly Lorkey's uh, message uh, this morning, a brief like snippet of it. Um, and it seemed powerful. And so um, I, I had been going to Harvesters. How many of you have been to Harvesters in the last several years? Yeah, so you know that um, there's been some good messages. They, they've also changed locations. Um, but the message is still the same, and that's Christ Jesus. Amen. And so uh, what we need to do not only is pray uh, for uh, our church here locally, but for our organization. Um, our organization uh, and who we're attached to, Praise Chapel, uh, international is all over the world. There are there are more than just churches in Las Vegas. There are churches in California, in Missouri. There are churches in Chicago. Um, there are churches in the Philippines. There are churches in Africa. And so we just need to be mindful of those pl- places. We do have uh, international conferences uh, yearly or bi-yearly. I can't remember. But the most important thing that we have to recognize is that uh, our organization that we are attached to is preaching Jesus. Amen. That is the most important thing. And so um, we're coming in a time right now, church, and I really want you to listen to me. Uh, we're coming in a time right now where, where people are become, becoming more confused about the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's so much bad information that is out there. Um, but praise be to God that there are organizations that are still putting Christ at the head of their messages. Amen. And so we ought to give God some praise just for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to get right into the word because I believe I have a word for uh, the church today. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I will say that the Lord impressed on me this year, uh, and I'll talk a little bit 
just personally, um, is that uh, I had work to do. And I'm thinking like, Lord, you know, I, I, I work a lot already, you know, um, what, what more can I do? But it, it was really what God was impressing on me is to really work on myself, but also uh, work on my devotional time. Um, there was a time when I was like, you know, I'd been safe. I've been safe for almost like 20 years. And a few years ago, I really took up the mantle of just praying and praying and praying in the spirit. And I, I did that for a long time. And, and as I got married and, and had children, uh, things began to change a little bit. Um, but God said, what's that mean? That don't mean nothing. <laughs> you still got work to do. Amen. And so all of us are going to be confronted with that. All of us are responsible for something in, in some way. So I believe God has a word regarding responsibility today. Amen. Can you just go with me? Can we journey together? All right. Amen. The scripture is going to come out of Genesis 6. That's 9 through 22. That's Genesis 6, 9 through 22. And it's the story and the account of Noah and his family. That's Genesis 6, 9 through 22. Amen. When you get there, just say amen. God is good, church. And all the time, God is good. Yes. That's Genesis 6, 9 through 22. And this is the account of Noah and his family. Uh, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, uh, and he walked faithfully with God. Uh, Noah had three sons, Shem, Han, and Japheth. Uh, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Uh, I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. Pitch is like tar, church. Uh, and this is how you are to build it. The ark is about is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the, in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters to destroy the earth, all life under the heavens. Every creature that has had the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant, somebody say my covenant, uh, with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, uh, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you uh, to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it in a way, in, in, store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything. Somebody say everything just as God commanded him. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Lord, we are in your hands now. We ask, Lord, that you would take residence over this place. Any distractions, Lord, anything that is not like you, I ask that it be removed by the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, we need to get a hold of what you have for us in our lives because our lives and the lives of those outside 
are at stake. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for this ministry moment because you didn't have to show up. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, I just got one message for you. Take up your ark. Take up your ark. Uh, you know, nowadays, uh, church, we are living uh, in a society where people uh, want to be glorified, uh, but they scoff at the idea of taking on responsibility. Uh, show me someone who has been given a great amount of spiritual authority, and I will show you a person who has a ton of responsibility. Amen. Uh, many of us have desires to do ministry, to do mission work, and to preach the gospel, while some of us uh, want to lay hands on the sick that they may recover. And all of these things that I'm talking about are good, but every one of the things I listed comes with a price. Amen. Uh, and I believe that while the church has given us so much to be a part of, God is calling us to take up the mantle of responsibility. Uh, and brothers and sisters, I need for us to recognize that while there is great joy in doing God's work, always lurking within the shadows is the responsibility that God requires of us. Uh, yeah, see, as a young man in ministry church, it took me a great deal of time to understand this very thing. Can I use myself as an example? Uh, I would often get excited if God even used me even once, but it wasn't until I learned how to cry out to God that he began to use me more consistently. Uh, yes, yeah, see, and many of us in here today are trying to reconcile uh, that ministry is not always roses, puppies, and candy. Uh, there is a discipline that comes with this thing, church. And God is looking for some folks in, in here that are not going to cheat the preparation period, but rather have a made-up mind, amen, that they are going to accept the responsibility no matter what the cost. Uh, and as I reflect on this very thing, I can't help but think of some folks in here this morning that are struggling with things in their life. Uh, but my hope is that we recognize that the trials and tribulations that are surely to come and are that we're going through are not in vain, but rather it is directly tied into the responsibility of God's destiny over our lives. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Church, this morning, I want to encourage everyone in here not to be afraid of carrying responsibility on behalf of our God. But let's rejoice in knowing that he sees something in us to use us in the first place. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, see, God knew of everything that we would go through before he laid the foundations of the world. He understands the human nature of man because, guess what? He created us. He has a unique insight into how we will respond to handling responsibility, church, because get this, because he analyzes our behaviors when no one is around. God is divinely invested in our destiny because, guess what? His glory is attached to it. Uh, and God is calling us this morning to accept that even in great accomplishment, there is work that is attached to that. Now, see, get this, church. When we arrive at the text, we see Noah was, was confronted with a great amount of responsibility. Now, say what you want about the story, church. Uh, but it is remarkable 
that Noah and his family were responsible with building the ship the size of one and a half football fields. That's a very big ship. It is not known how long it took to build the ark, but Noah was an old man when it was built. Uh, he was tasked with building a ship that had no power tools, no wrenches, no forklifts. There were no laborers or unions to contend with. Only a sovereign God who was in charge, church. Uh, in verses 14 through 17, God instructs Noah to build a vessel because he's going to destroy the world because of man's wickedness. Uh, he was taking folks out. Uh, Noah was charged with making an ark of cypress wood that would be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. He was instructed to make a roof, get this, for the ark and a door on the side of the ark. The ark had lower, middle, and upper decks, not like a cruise ship uh, where you see for, uh, uh, buffets and water slides and all of that stuff. God gave Noah this task, get this, because the text shows us that he was considered a righteous man who was blameless among the people of this time. Now I want to ask y'all something today. Is there anybody in here that can say that they are blameless and righteous? Whew. I'm going to keep preaching. Noah being righteous and blameless does not mean he never sinned. But I want you to listen to what I'm saying this morning, church. But Noah was committed to walking with God, which means that he was accountable. Church, the first thing that we need to recognize this morning is that in order for God to give us responsibility, we must be accountable. We have to be accountable. Uh, accountability is the foundation for being with God in the first place. You see, get this. It's fantastic that we come to church right now and that we are involved with elements of ministry. But church, listen to what I'm saying this morning. God requires commitment when he gives us a task. Uh, I want to ask us a couple of questions this morning, can I? Yeah. When it comes to responsibility in the faith, what is our ark? What has God given us? Are we doing exactly what, he, what he, he called us to do? Can the Lord trust us with doing kingdom work for his will or purpose? Or are we unreliable? Whew. God requires commitment in our hearts first. Because let me tell you something. If it ain't in your heart, you ain't going to continue to do it. Oh, yeah. See, let me tell you something. I know about this all too well. When I first started in ministry, I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do this and that. Started making covenants, right? Guess what happened? Within six months, guess what happened? I wavered. I wasn't ready. But really, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. That's why the Bible talks about being zealous but not having knowledge. This is what I need you to understand. When we get involved in things, oftentimes it's not about our intentions. It's about what's really here. Okay. Okay. So many in our society perceive responsibility as a burden. That's why we have fatherless children. And I believe people in the church think this way too. But I want to rebuke that mindset because if the Lord thinks enough of us to give us a task or responsibility, then he sees greatness within us. He sees it, church. God is not asking that we be perfect, for it is not predicated on what we can do but on what God wants to do through us. Uh, see, 
The Bible declares that God established his covenant with Noah. Get this, church. A covenant is a promise. Uh, when God establishes a covenant with us, he doesn't leave us alone with a responsibility. Uh, we are kept safe through our relationship with him. Uh, is there anybody that can say they're safe in his arms? God told Noah that his sons and his wives and his sons' wives would be safe from the flood. How many times, church, has God told us to trust him even when the flood is about to hit our own life? Come on. Didn't he provide an ark of safety? Glory be to God, church, that our responsibility doesn't overtake us. Whew. Can you imagine if your responsibility overtook you? Huh, you wouldn't last five minutes. But God always steps in and says, I'm an advocate for you, son. I'm an advocate for you, daughter. That's why many of us are still sitting here today. Don't you know you're here? You're a walking testimony. But it's not about what you can do. God's not asking you what you can do. God wants to use you so that he can help somebody else. Whoo. Church, the second thing is that God requires that we focus. We focus. That's hard, to, that's hard to do. Noah knew all too well of what was going to happen when people were left behind. Imagine, church, every living thing that was not sanctioned by God to stay on the ark was going to be washed away. They wasn't going to live. They was going to die. Imagine that God calls you to a task that would result in men, women, and babies being wiped off the face of this earth. Yeah, see, imagine you have been given a responsibility and everyone around you is going on about their lives not knowing that your direct involvement, amen, will affect their very well-being. This was Noah's plight, church. This was his burden. This was his responsibility. He was given a responsibility that would impact the entire world. Not just his family, but the world that he was living in. He had no time to play around, church, because his lives and the lives of his family were hanging in the balance. Church, we are coming to a time again, listen, where God is going to call us to focus on a task he has given us because guess what? Time is wrapping up. Don't you see what's going on outside right now? You don't have to look on the news. You can be at your job. People come in all the time. I just saw something on TV the other day. There was a mass over in, in somewhere in, in, in South America and somebody went up on the stage and knifed the priest. You think that stuff don't, you think it only happens here? It's happening everywhere. There's not a reverence for God's house anymore. That's why we are called to be what? A remnant. It's time out for us to stop. We got we to stop playing church. I'm not trying to rebuke nobody. I'm not the pastor of this house. But I'm under the same authority and under the same mandate that all of us standing here are under. Listen, which means in the next life, when I stand before God, I'm going to be held to account just like every one of you sitting in here. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you have. It doesn't matter whether or not you live with your parents. It doesn't matter how long you've been out on your own. Everybody in here is going to be held to account. It's quiet. He's calling us to focus, church. God is nudging us to focus 
because people's lives that we are connected to can be affected. I want you to listen to this next thing. The greatest enemy to those of us with a calling on our lives is distraction. Oh, you want me to say it again for real? Okay, church. The greatest enemy to those of us with a calling on our lives is what? Distraction. Distraction can create a roadblock on the path of righteousness. I believe God is asking us to get into position and focus because our world is constantly facing more tragedy. I just gave you an example. It is a given, church, listen, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That's the Bible. We have, had, we, have, we have to find a way to drown out some of the noise in our lives before we, too, are swept away in distraction. Now, I want to ask you all a question. Can I get away from my notes for a second? How many of us are ready to do what God called us to do right now? Meaning, if the doors of this church closed, you know God gave you something. Would you be ready to do that thing right now? Okay. Let me tell you something. There's coming, there's going to be, there's going to come a time where chaos is going to break out in the street. I'm not trying to create fear. It's, it's already here. It's already happening. If you've lived long enough, you know you've, that, that it's gotten worse over time. Okay? Each and every one of you, I don't care how old you are either, has been given a gift by God. But it's not because he just thought you were cute, right? You may be cute, that's fine. He gave it to you for somebody else. I look, I look at my young people back here. I'm not picking on them because they're young. They're, they're in high school. They're faced with so many things, right? They're faced with peer pressure. They're faced with people who are searching. They're with people who have all these type of ideas about who God is. Can I tell you something? You're held accountable. If you believe that Jesus Christ is, you're held accountable. It's not to scare you. It's just to really encourage you. Because guess what? Somebody at your school, somebody on your job, somebody that lives next to you may need to hear a message that will save their life. Church, we got to find a way to drown out the noise. God sent the flood because man was distracted with themselves. It was, he was distracted with themselves. They had lost focus on God and put their interest in their own lustful desires. And God got tired of it, church, can I tell you? He got tired of it, and guess what? He took them out. That's just what happened. He said, I'm tired of, of folks giving themselves over to a reprobated mindset, living wickedly, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the water, and I'm going to wash it all clean. And he did. They were distracted, weren't they? They were distracted. Uh, you know, one of the greatest forms of distraction is disbelief and denial. That's, that, that's the branch of, of distraction, disbelief and denial. You know, I've ran into so many people lately who think that Noah's story is make-believe. There's a great number of folks out here right now that can't comprehend how animals walked up a plank onto a ship two by two. That's hard for people to believe. You got scholars and academics that, that try to debunk it, right? They call it a myth. This is what they're saying. Now, others can't fathom that God had the ability to drown people whom he deemed wicked. Well, I'm here to tell you, and I want you to hear me, that if you are struggling to believe that there may be an issue with you, there may be an issue with us. God has continually 
given us signs concerning that we are in the last days. Sign after sign. How many more does he have to give us? People are so distracted that they think the story of Noah is a Disney movie. They even put a movie out with Russell Crowe in it. How many of you saw it? They had rock people in the beginning of it. They was walking around. I'm like, what is this? Is this Lord of the, the Rings or is this the story of Noah? What's the truth? That's the truth. They had, they, 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 somebody had, 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 uh, had like gone on the ship and was hiding. And I'm like, didn't the text say that only Noah and his family were going to go? They had like random people, his, his cousin and them getting on. I'm like, that's not what happened. Pookie and them was on there. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> Pookie and Ray Ray got on the boat with, uh, with Noah and them. Yeah, right. But this is the world we're living in, church. The world is changing, isn't it? But get this. We've seen elements of, of God using nature to, to really let us know that he's in control. Now, some of you are from California. Some of you witnessed those California fires. Some of you may have relatives that fought in those fires or escaped them. Now, you don't think God couldn't take that fire and let the fire brush all the way through here? All scientists try to say, oh, it would never happen. Oh, for real? Okay. All right. We have tornadoes in January. Why can't we have fire that sweep through the plains? Okay. Y'all want to talk about global warming? All right, I'm going to keep going. This takes me to my last thing. See, I promised y'all wasn't going to preach long. We have to open our hearts to what God is telling us to do. Make no mistake about it, church. One of the greatest challenges uh, that we will face on this journey of life is this, is understanding what God wants us to do, specifically what he wants us to do. Now, God spoke to Noah in a way that he could understand. That's how he did. But he had to be willing to take on the responsibility of establishing a strong relationship with God from the beginning. Do we, is our relationship in order with God today, church? Or are we just playing? In the last part of the text, God gave Noah instructions on what to do. He was even given specific measurements of the ark, was he not? And he was told by God that man was about to be destroyed. Uh, and yet through it all, he kept an open heart, so much so that the Bible declares he did everything. Not somebody say everything. He did everything just as God commanded him. Noah was an old man. How many of you know how old he lived till? He was like 920 years old when he went up on out of here. Yeah. He was, we don't know how long it took to, to build ark, but we know this. Noah was an old man. He was, he was well into his years when he started building the ark. Now, I don't know about you, but at 43, when I get up, I got sciatic pain in my back, right? Does anybody have, does anybody struggle? Like the ball of my foot is hurting right now in these, in these Clark shoes that I have on. So you think I can, uh, you think I would be able to pick up some cypress wood? With not a forklift, that takes real faith, and guess what? Real what? Commitment. Yeah, see? Yeah, y'all start laughing when we start talking about that sciatic pain, huh? That sciatic pain is straight from hell, isn't it? That's the devil. Well, I got up yesterday. I'm going to just tell you. I got up yesterday. I said, I was like this. Effie was like, daddy, daddy. I'm like, no, no. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? And guess what? They, all my kids is under two. Amen? <laughs> All my kids, all of them. <laughs> Noah was an old man, church. And you know what that tells me, though? Listen, 
He spent a great deal of time with God. He would have had to to do this type of thing. He spent a great deal of time listening for his voice. Are we listening for God's voice? Are we really listening to God's voice? Do we, do we really know what God is telling us to do? Now, related to his purpose, not our purpose. See, that's the problem. There's so much of us. There's too much of us and less of God. And the evidence of that is we're, we're, we're walking around broke down. We're not set free. We can't get healed, can't get delivered. How are we going to be able to do something that's going to change the world when we can't even fix ourselves? I understand that there is uncertainty in life, church. Me above everybody understands that. But I am reminded of what God spoke to the prophet Haggai. He told Haggai to be strong, for he was with him. God can use us with an open heart, church. He can strengthen us with an open heart. He can position us and grant us safety with an open heart. How many know that you're safe in his arms? Yeah. God gave us a way to communicate with him by way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't something that you hear. It's not, it's not something that, that, that people change. No, it's more than that. It's time that we listen uh, for what he is telling us. And he's given us that landline to him, which is the Holy Ghost. Church, God wants us to be accountable. He wants us to focus. He truly does. And he wants us to have an open heart to what he is telling us to do because perilous times are here. If we love him like we say we do, church, listen, if we love him like we say we do, then we have to accept responsibility. Now, do you love him, church? Do you really love him like you say you do? Then take up your accept responsibility. I'm done. Give God some praise. With everybody standing, can we stand to our feet? We want to be, we, we want to be, uh, just